I could have boosted the levels on that bit of audio from the retro cafe in Tbilisi, but it's such a filthy, shameless, lascivious sound. Makes a grown man blush just listening to it, the wet sop of a slab of bread slapping again and again into a melting, buttery, eggy glop glued in the middle of a thick saucer of dough. But sometimes the best food just sounds that way. Not every great dish makes a shattering crack or even a pleasing ASMR crunch and crinkle. And I will never do a show about breadsticks because breadsticks are a sick joke, a mouthful of razors and ash to start a meal, so screw them even if they make the best crisp breaking sound in all of food audio. Sometimes the stuff you want just flops and melts and weeps heavy with quiet fat. And that is exactly the kind of dish I'm talking about today. Today I'm going full cholesterol. Today we eat hachapuri. I've had a bit of a break on this show due to alternating bouts of travel and illness, those two wobbly pole stars of the past year. But I'm back at the microphone now, not planning on either sickness or long-haul flights for a little while, and ready for a year of 2022 that is fuller and brighter than any of us might think now. We're actually planning 13 grand tours with Roads and Kingdoms this year, and among them, of course, are trips to the country of Georgia, home to so many of my favorite things and favorite people. So here... To ring in this new year is an ode to what should be the next great culinary star from that country, this cosmic collision of flour, butter, egg, and cheese. Hachapuri. Let's start by deconstructing this dish down to its foundation. We'll start in the main market in Tbilisi, the Deserters Bazaar, it's called. It's not the only place to get flour in the capital, of course, but my God, what a place to get flour. If most fresh markets in Western Europe are a pleasant jostling of the senses, the Deserters Bazaar in Tbilisi, Georgia, is a straight concussion. Butchers cleaving lamb heads in half on bloody tree stumps, tarragon monger aunties standing behind heaps of electric greens like they were the garnish on a salad, Spice vendors, like pharmacists of flavor, in front of vials and vials of dry ajika chili powder, ground marigold, and garlic-laced salt from the mountains. And then there's the flour. There's a whole side room for it in the market. If you're lucky, the woman at the entrance to this flour room will blow you kisses and say all sorts of sweet things in Georgian. And behind her is the gold. A dozen different varieties of flour all with one common factor, the way it's heaped. Heap. That word does little justice to what it actually looks like. These are great mounds of powder that seem to defy laws of nature. Piles of flour stacked a meter high toward the ceiling. You want to buy some, but you're afraid that if you make a move or breathe a breath, it will knock the whole thing down. All the inverted cones of flour and what must have been a lifetime of flour stacking work would collapse to the floor. But it doesn't happen. I've never seen it all crumble. There are so many great market tricks in the Deserters Bazaar, like the icy plastic bottles of frozen water tucked into the belly of piglets to keep them fresh in the sweltering meat market, 
But this flower stacking thing, that trick, is by far the most captivating and magical. And if I can zoom out here from the bazaar, I'll just say a word about markets. And I know I probably shouldn't do this because it's basically a truism at this point. But that's the thing about truisms. They're pretty fucking true. So here's today's truism. Your first move in an unfamiliar city should always be the market. And the less familiar the city, the more important that is. Markets are, by their nature, a head rush, a whirlwind, a blindfold you and spin you five times experience. The Fulton Fish Market, now at Hunts Point in the Bronx, still disorients me, a longtime New Yorker. But that's a good thing. And in places I don't know well, the market is a straight shortcut to competency, or at least to familiarity. All of the senses dive in at once, and you're bathing in the sound and in the stench. The sly jokes and flirtations between the flower vendors and spice grinders and meat hustlers and you rub your snout in the various forms of animal murder of that place, and none of it makes sense at first, but afterwards, you are ready for whatever else that city has to throw at you. So it's been my deep fortune to have had so many beautiful people lead me through the markets on my first day in a great city. Pelinturgut in the Grand Bazaar at Istanbul, Rovasquez in the Jamaica Market in Mexico City, Naomi Duguid in Chiang Mai's Kadluang, anyone from culinary backstreets and the dozen or so cities where they lead market tours. And here in Georgia, Paul Rimple of Meet Me Here Tbilisi has taken me to the Deserters Bazaar so many times over the last decade, each visit time-stamped more than anything by the ever-changing status of the grimy cha-cha wing of the market, where vendors intended to sell their hard alcohol like it was any other agricultural product but instead ended up creating a musty, besotted speakeasy. No bar in Georgia can alarm you after you've spent a time in the cha-cha nook of Deserter's Bazaar, dribbling clear booze down your chin and watching the market stalls spin around you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so flour is the base. You add yeast, make the dough, gather your cheese and butter and salt, and from there, the evolutionary tree of Hachapuri goes wild. So wild, in fact, that there's some debate about where the borders of Hachapuri are. I'll stick then to the broadest definition. The word itself comes from hacho, or cheese, and puri, bread. So it's cheese bread of any kind. Now, in the breakaway region of Abkhazia, cleaved from Georgia by war, they call it achma, and they layer sheets of cheese and boiled dough like lasagna and then bake it to a crisp. In nearby Imereti, a famously proud food region, they use their local imeruli cheese, and they're a little coy about what they're doing. The end product is a closed round of baked dough, which looks unassuming, but it ends up being something like the world's best stuffed pizza crust, all power inside. And there's a similar vibe to the Hachapuri in Assetia, which is another region that broke away from Georgia in a Russian-backed war. 
a conflict in which regional cheese boat disputes could have been a contributing factor. I mean, the Assetians put potatoes in their hachapuri, and if that isn't treason, I don't know what is. The Mingrelians, meanwhile, put extra cheese on top of their closed hachapuri. The Svans of Svaneti grace theirs with green herbs and scallions from the mountains. Penovani hachapuri from the south looks like a puffed pastry hot pocket, and in Guria they form theirs into stuffed crescents. I admire all of these forms of hachapuri, and in a quiet mood I would commune with any of them gladly. But subtlety is not the goal here. So for me, it has to be the Ajaruli Hachapuri from Ajaria, that glorious region in southwest Georgia on the Black Sea. This Hachapuri, to start with, is shaped like a boat, or more precisely, like a snub-nosed dugout canoe. And inside the middle of that boat is the reward, a base layer of bubbling hot sulguni cheese with an egg cracked whole into it and then spiked with a thick brick of butter. It's absurd, a perfect vessel for cholesterol, all action with the butter melting and the cheese bubbling and the egg firming. And then you grab the crusty point of the boat, tear it off, and use it as a utensil, mixing the bubbling, melting, firming goodness together. With that same crusty bit of bread, you grab a bite which will lead to a legendary cheese pull, something that was made to break the internet. It is the best or at least the most obviously great version of Hachapuri. Iconic enough, even now, that when a restaurant opened in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, not long ago, and called itself Cheese Boat, I knew immediately that they were serving not just Hachapuri, but Ajaruli Hachapuri, and that they were going to be a success. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There is a reason why this greatness traces back to the Ajarians. In Soviet times, at least, they had their own autonomous republic of Ajara along the coast. It's a territory shaped much like their own dugouts of dough. And there they were able to live idiosyncratically all on their own, as not quite Georgians, part Muslims, part Christian, uniquely Ajarian. And then came the fall of the Soviet Union and the wars of the 90s and the rise of one spectacular shithead, Aslan Abashidze, who murdered his comrades and plundered the Commonwealth and bartered entire chunks of the capital Batumi to the equally corrupt mayor of Moscow. Abashidze could not resist the Rose Revolution, though. Former President Mikhail Saakashvili, the reformer who's now languishing again in a Georgian prison, may have failed to hang on to the lasagna lovers in Abkhazia or those potato eaters in South Ossetia, but he succeeded in Ajara. Abashidze fled, the central Georgian government took over. And then the president tried to make Batumi some kind of Vegas or Dubai, a flimsy, glammy, coastal bit of costume jewelry. He built fountains that danced in time to classical music and skyscrapers with neon electric trim. 
He was so proud of this that the two times I met him in Batumi while I was writing for time, both times I found myself flying above the city with the president on his buttery leather bench seats of his executive helicopter, and he got the pilot on the intercom and ordered the helicopter to make low, deep sweeps over the blittering, gleaming coastline to show me the entire Bacchanal below. It was appalling and amusing and tacky, kind of impressive, and I can say this, Batumi entertains, which is what Saakashvili promised. But what a sham compared to the older, more natural gifts of Ajara, which even unification couldn't rob them of. Green mountains that rise and fall toward their pebbled beaches, black sea water that someone once told me, and this was a compliment, was just like boiled milk. Ajaruli Hachapuri is shaped the way that it is for a reason. It is a marker of identity, a map, a family crest, a doughy shore ringing dairy seas, and in the boiled milk in the middle, you have your melting block of butter, your egg cooked only by the heat of the fresh-baked Ajaruli boat, and it's the perfect food for a patchwork nation united more than anything by the drive to bake every region in its own inimitable style, the sweatiest, the steamiest, the most salacious hachapuri they can. Man, I love this country. The Trip from Roads and Kingdoms is written by me, Nathan Thornburg. Theme music by Dan the Automator, show artwork by Adele Rodriguez, production by Alexa Van Sickle. Matt Goulding and I are executive producers. All proceeds from the show go to North Star's Let Us Breathe Fund, a black-led civil rights initiative in my helicovity town of New York City. You can find out more or donate at northstarfund.org. If you want to understand Georgian cuisine in the broadest context possible, I recommend Taste of Persia. It cooks travels through Armenia, Azerbaijan, Georgia, Iran, and Kurdistan. Bye. My friend, Naomi Duguid. I also admire Carolyn Eden's Black Sea, Dispatches and Recipes Through Darkness and Light. You can find this show on Instagram at The Trip Podcast and follow us at Roads and Kingdoms. We'll be back soon, God willing and the COVID don't rise, with another travel story in 15 minutes or less. We will meet you there.